another great week of movies for people who can't sit still in a cinema for five seconds without texting someone starts next Monday with Visconti's Death in Venice. Help! I can't scream! That's followed later in the week by Agatha Christie's Death on the Nile. Help! I can't scream either! Then on Wednesday, Jeremy Renner stars in The Hurt Locker. Ow! Other highlights include postcards from the edge. Dear Bono, weather fine. Wish you were here, wherever I am. I can't tell because the streets have no name. Makes things difficult, so. And on Thribs Day, the network television premiere of a new low, low budget version of The Shining. <laughs> There you are. Looks as good as new. It's a gag! Hello and welcome to you on this rather blustery day here in the studio. Can someone turn the fan off? Thank you. Before we go any further, let's see what's through... The round window. It's a harpist. Before we go through any more windows, or are thrown through them headfirst, let's introduce this week's cast. First of all, direct from Basingstoke, it's non-acclaimed actor and provisional driving licence holder, Arnold Tharg. Arnold, why? Uh, why what? It's a simple enough question. Yeah, but what do you mean, why? Why do you want to know what I mean by why? What? It's a simple enough question. I don't know what you're on about. I tell you what, Arnold. Tharg. You can start by telling us about your career to date, and we'll move on from there. Even if you haven't. Well, I've just completed a multi-picture deal with the Master of Suspense himself. Alfred Hitchcock? He's been dead nearly 40 years. I'm not talking about Hitchcock. What other master of suspense is there? Well, I don't know. He never told us his name. I started with a minor role in Front Door. Front Door? Yeah. It's like Rear Window, but all the action takes place downstairs and at the other end of the house. After that, there was The Lady Reappears, To Catch a Cold, String, The Pigeons, and, of course, The Man Who Knew, The Man Who Knew Too Much. I played his mate. <laughs> Arnold Tharg. Also with me today is an actress who needs no introduction. And alongside her is a man who... Hang on a minute. I do need an introduction. Oh. Um... Also with me today is an actress who does need an introduction. Best known for her work in rep and surrounding areas, she has quickly acquired a reputation. The Times said... The Telegraph said... And the Scotsman said... Who wouldn't you do that? Lee, who wouldn't you do that? You tell her to hit with me! No, it's not happening! That wasn't much of an introduction. No. Also joining us is a man who regular listeners will be very familiar with. Yes, it's me. Hello. John, it says on your CV that you once worked in catering. Yes, that's a lovely part of the world. Ever been there? If you have, I almost certainly have. Tell me, what are you hoping to get out of this show? 
Nothing special. I'm just hoping to get out of this show. Well, that's enough of that conceit. On with the music. And off with the music. And now, I Can't Believe It's Still Going Productions, in association with I've Forgotten What It Was in the First Place Enterprises, presents the next instalment of The Case of the Thing That Happened. No, we're not doing that. Uh, but I've booked loads of people to be in it. Look, they're waiting outside. Nigel has come all the way from Bolton. What were you cast as, Nigel? The corpse. Yes, I can smell why. Well, I'm afraid there's no detective serial this time around. I think your loyal audience will be very disappointed about that. In fact, there he is over there. I'm very disappointed in you, Dredge. I'm sorry, but I just can't remember where we are with the plot. Now I come to think of it, I can't even remember if there was a plot. Well, there was something about artichokes. Yes, and... Ah... Hmm. Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, well, so what, what do you want to do instead? I mean, there's a gap in the running order now. Let's just do what they did in the old days. Put out the test card. Welcome to Test Card Special, coming to you today from the Oval, where for once there's a very lively atmosphere. That's because due to popular demand, we're awaiting the first appearance of the BBC's Test Card F since 1999. And I must say how nice it is to have John Arlott back alongside me in the commentary box. Yes, what with tuffers filming inserts for the one show, boycott on a speaking tour, and Blofeld off doing commercials for gentlemen's outfitters on YouTube, whatever that is, I considered it necessary to step into the breach in spite of the fact that I passed away in 1991. Well, you're looking splendid, Jonas. No, that's you. Oh, yes, so it is. All in all, I think we've got a jolly good day's trade test transmissions ahead of us with the return of Test Card F for a one-off broadcast on BBC Two to commemorate the 20th anniversary of it being replaced by Test Cards J and W. Why? I don't think there's been a Test Card Y. No, Y was test card F replaced. Ah, well, we've had a letter from Mrs. Edith Grove of Chelsea, who says that J had enhanced features for the advent of digital broadcasting, and W was a widescreen variant. They both still had that iconic picture of Carol and Bubbles, though. I wonder who went on to win that game of knots and crosses. Well, it was either Carol or Bubbles. And now, yes, I can see a giant television set being wheeled towards the crease from the pavilion end. It's modelled on a 1979 Sony Trinitron. Trinitron, I'm sorry, Trinitron. But it is three and a half thousand times the size. I I think the last time a television like that was wheeled onto a cricket pitch must have been back in Kerry Packer's day. What, What do you think, John? Have a sponge cake. Bit too much sugar for my liking. Wheeling the television onto the field of play are today's umpires, who will in a few moments turn it on to display that most famous of test patterns in a four to three aspect ratio once again. 
Yes, the set is on, but it seems the transmitter information bulletin has yet to finish. The tension here is something to behold because we are just seconds away from witnessing the first appearance of Test Card F for many, many years. There have been so many years over the years, haven't there, Jonas? Of course, there have been so many failed attempts by BBC Director Generals during that time to modernise the Test Card, all of which have left a lot to be desired. There was Test Card K, where John Burt replaced the game of Norton Crosses with a whiteboard covered in management speak. Uh, then there was Greg Dyke's Test Card M, where Carol and Bubbles played Texas Hold'em with the Claggers. And, and then there was George Entwistle's Test Card T, which showed Lord McAlpine beating Carol at Monopoly in a very unsportsmanlike manner. Have a scone. Not enough raisins. Now we return you to the Test Card and submit. And there it is, yes, there it is, Test Card F, a magnificent sight and sound to behold. And what a tremendous reaction from young and old alike. Everyone here is on their feet. Even those who aren't on their feet are on their feet. This is a truly great moment, regardless of whoever's feet they're on. Would you believe it? The heavens have suddenly opened over Vauxhall. So, to avoid electrocution, the television must be immediately switched off, unplugged, and taken back to British Relay. And with rain having stopped play, we must wonder whether Test Card F will ever be seen again on English soil, or whether, like everything else these days, it will be sold to the Japanese. The least we can say, for a few memorable moments today, Carol and Bubbles were back in our lives once again, the way they were always meant to be seen. Any last words, John? To my wife, I leave my Lord Taffiner's cufflinks. And any words to end the programme? Have a walnut loaf. Bit heavy for me, I'm afraid. Next week, at the same time, CFAX from Goodwood. It's the happy, happy sound of the nothing to do with anything show. Now on Radio 4, it's another edition of People Who Do Things. Introduced by someone who is available on the cheap. For want of a better and more expensively written introduction, hello. My cost-effective guest today is Tim McMack, a stoat comparer from Crawley who, when he's not comparing stoats, enjoys making things out of other things. I do indeed. I see you've brought some examples with you, even though you were told there wouldn't be enough room. Yes, this here is a full-scale model of Belgium I built from some old trestle tables. You don't mean full-scale, do you? It's only 80 feet long. You obviously haven't been to Belgium. Sorry, you're saying Belgium is only 80 feet long? They've had cutbacks. When was the last time you visited Belgium? When it was 80 feet long, and still using imperial measurements. Look, the notion of an entire country like Belgium being just 80 feet long is ridiculous. How long should it be then? At least 90 feet. Oh, I was close enough. I mean, it is only Belgium. Perhaps we should move on to some of the other things that you've made. I'd rather we didn't. We might break them. What's this over here? Uh, this is a Boeing 707 I painstakingly constructed from two toilet rolls, some sticky back plastic and a tin of biscuits. Tunnocks? No, it's true. But 
Is it airworthy? We'll soon find out. Let's take it for a spin. Well, as it happens, I'm rather scared... Shut up and get on board! Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Perhaps I should have used blue tack. Oh, Derek. All right, Bill. This party's awfully quiet, isn't it? Yeah, I've been to funerals with more atmosphere. They need the new Jonko background noise simulator. Simply press the green button and... Wow! Now it don't matter that we're the only two people here. Excuse me, I couldn't help but overhear all the fun and I simply had to stop by and I brought all my friends... But the Jonko background noise simulator is not just for house parties. It can be used for public events, too. No one's turned up to our Human League comeback gig again, Joanne. Looks like it's just you, me and the rest of band. So that'll just be the three of us. They need the new Jonko background noise simulator. One push of the blue button and... And so Wow, that's better. So much more atmosphere. Excuse me? I couldn't help but overhear the music and the ecstatic audience and I simply had to buy a ticket on the door, along with all my friends. And that's not all. The Jonko background noise simulator is licensed for use in twice as many backgrounds as its nearest competitor. Major, this battle's not going to plan at all. (laughs) What do you mean, Flynn? Well, sir, nobody's turned up apart from us. Yes, the new Jonko background noise simulator can even be used in theatres of war. Simply press the red button and every other world leader will soon be pressing theirs. That's more like it. Excuse me, I couldn't help but overhear all the mortars and ICPMs, and it sounds so exciting, I thought I'd join in. And my friends wouldn't mind being conscripted either. The new Jonko background noise simulator. Get yours today and attract all sorts of weirdos. Excuse me? I couldn't help but overhear you referring to me and my friends as weirdos. Oh, no. (laughs) 
two, part two, part two. It's part two. It's part two, part two, it's part two! It's part two! It's part two! Welcome back, and welcome back. Don't forget, the Nothing To Do With Anything show fan club is currently accepting new members for a one-off payment of just 9 99 and 9 pence 90 For that, you'll receive a newsletter, a badge, a poster, a mug, a wallet, an elastic band, a flymo, a heading, a vase or vase, a shoe tree, a portrait of my mother-in-law, a Romanian loom complete with Romanian loam, a brickbat, a horseshoe tree, a stethoscope, a jar of some sort, part of a fence, an allotment, a fully automated gas stove, a tin opener, a tin closer, a thing, two twigs, both unused, some carbohydrates, an entire Frisian cow, four-fifths of a sixth, a mollusk, five gold rings, a hooded claw, a burgon dispenser, an electric sheep, a biscuit tin, and a piece of string, or equivalent, every month. This is going to bankrupt me, I know it. Ah, they don't make sounds like that anymore. Due in no small part to this week's special guest, the head of the Noise Abatement Society, Clive... Oh, it's just Clive. Hello, Clive. Hello, John! You don't have a surname, do you? No! What happened to it? I ate it! You ate it? It was delicious! Was it? Clive delicious! Strange man. Clive, how does someone like you get to become the big noise at the Noise Abatement Society? What? How how does someone like you... Keep it down, John! I was just wondering how one gets to... Speak up! How does one... That's it! That's perfectly acceptable! How does one get to become the big noise... The big noise noise of the Noise Abatement Society. Yes, John, I heard you the first time. Basically, I started off as the cleaner and worked my way up. Quietly, though. Know what I mean? Aren't you going to answer that? Of course not. I'm in the middle of an interview. What if it's important? It's only the wife looking to give me earache. She'll ring back. Next question. Okay. do you enjoy... I was going to ask whether you enjoy your work. Told you she'd ring back. But to answer your question, I love my work and my position as a champion of the right to peace and quiet. I think that's your car alarm. Don't worry, that's always happening. I don't see why you had to bring your car into the studio with you in the first place. Gotta keep an ear out for the kids' job. Hi, you two. What? Pack it in, you little perishers. I can hardly hear myself shout. Oh, God! Sorry, John, you were asking me whether I like my job and I was saying it's great to be at the forefront of the fight against noise pollution. Where's that drilling coming from? A drill! I bought the kids one for good behaviour. I wanted a pile driver. You ain't getting a pile driver. Here, where'd your brother get that pile driver? Evacuate the building, Clive. For the last time, John! 
Wasn't he a most peculiar man? Right, is there anything else we need to do? Just one more jingle, if you wouldn't mind, Lord Sugar. What I'm looking for is something along the line... No, no, of... I don't need you to tell me what to say for some poxy little... It's just a short jingle. Really simple. Well within your capabilities. Who's it for, anyway? John Dredge. I've never heard of him. What's he ever done? Well, the jingle's for a show. My show. The John Dredge nothing... Nothing? Nothing to do with anything should... Oh, you know what? You're right. It is nothing. Forget it. You're fired. No, you can't tell me when I'm finished. I am no mug. And when I say I want to listen to the Nothing To Do With Anything show, I say it because it's on the teleprompter. You're listening to the Nothing To Do With Anything show, or Nearest Offer, where it's time to look at pieces of trees from days gone by in another edition of Old Bits of Bark. But wait, who is this masked man approaching? Why, it's supremely weird filmmaker and amateur weatherman David Lynch. You're on avant-garde horseback, I see. I always use a horse these days. It's the most equine way to travel. Well, David, it's very nice to... It's quite nice to... David, you're back again. That's right, John. You can't keep me away, despite the court order. You're also wearing a mask. I'm hiding from my creditors, John. Ah, yes. How's being an auteur working out for you in today's Hollywood? I am currently making a sequel to The Elephant Man. What's it called? Elephant Man 2, Far From Home. It's set in Cheam, but he lives in Morecambe. And therein lies the twist. Have a biscuit, John. Biscuits! I wondered when he was going to put in an appearance this series. What sort of biscuits are they? Twin Peak Freens! David, nobody under 40 is going to get that joke. That's okay, nobody over 40 will get it either. Just give us the weather, will you? Certainly. And today I shall be accompanied by my good friend, Harold the Mad Pianist. Why is he mad? Somebody stole his sheet music. Sheet music? Well, it wasn't very good, let's put it that way. <laughs> this afternoon will be boiling cold, yet also freezing hot, so do wrap up warm, or not as the case may be. This evening, meanwhile, we'll see the onset of thicker clouds, but these should give way tomorrow to more intelligent clouds, many with A-levels in geography. If you'd like one of my free weather report fact sheets, send a stamped addressed envelope to David Lynch, Mulholland Drive, June. Thank you, David. And I mean that in the loosest possible sense. And thank you, Harold. I said, thank you, Harold. Next on the programme... Next on the programme... The... Next on the programme, the end. In fact, we've got a really top-notch ending for you this week. No, wait a minute, that's next week. Sorry. This week, we're just going to end with another edition of our never-popular 60-second challenge. So let's ask this week's contestant to sign in, please.
Can't make head nor tail of that. What's your name, Sonny? Robert Smith out of The Cure. Hmm. Do we have any other contestants? No. In that case, tell us a bit about yourself, Robert. What do you do for a living? I write and sing monotonous dirges interspersed with the occasional melodic top 20 pop hit. Have you ever considered concentrating on the melodic pop songs and cutting out the dirges? No. Suppose I should have done, really. Well, put your regrets to one side for a minute, Robert, because you've got just 60 seconds to name everyone who participated in this week's episode of the John Dredge Nothing To Do With Anything show, starting from now. Oh, uh, 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 Would you like a clue? Yes, please. Start with the title, the John Dredge Nothing To Do With Anything show. Timmy Mallet? No, the main host of the show. Any idea? Funny chap with glasses. Timmy Mallet. We'll come back to that one. Can you remember who co-wrote and produced the show? Could you give me a clue? It was Richard Cray. Could you give me another clue? We'll come back to that one as well. What about the rest of the cast? Any idea who they were? Uh, there was uh, Paul Creasy, Max Dowler, Miles Eady, Greg Haste, James Shakeshaft and Katie Slater. What about technical assistance? Who provided that? Jeremy something... Jeremy... Ray? Yes, and what about the special guest? Was it Arnold... Tharg? It was, and I'll give you Richard Cray. Please don't. You've only got the host of the show left to get. Uh, it sounds like Don Snedge. Timmy Mallet. He's in the show every single week. Timmy Mallet. For the last time, it's not Timmy Mallet. Michael Mackins. Oh, Robert, so close. But in failing to name the host of the John Dredge Nothing To Do With Anything show as John Dredge, I think it's fair to say you failed miserably. Oh, that's cheered me up. But you don't go home empty-handed. That's a shame. No, Robert, you take with you our best wishes and this wonderful end-of-show hooter. (laughs) 